Can you tell that uh, story about when Fink called you and told you you were in Kane? Nope. Please. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in developmental, and I was again I was really I was 21, and um, you know they wanted to look at my character or whatever, so I get the 203 call, and I'm in the grocery store, and it's the Fink, but like I think that it's a joke because he goes, "Hello, this says Howard Finkel." <laughs> Excuse me? This is Howard Finkel. Oh, man. Really? Yes. (laughs) You are booked on this weekend's live event series, and you'll be taking on Kane. (laughs) But you're still going, like, he's got his ring announcer voice on the phone. Like, this guy's more awesome than I could ever imagine. So then he's like, you know, he's doing the travel at this point. He's not ringing out and stuff anymore. So he's like, your hotel will be the Marriott. And you will pick up your rental car from budget. So like he's, I'm going, okay, great. So then I'm like, okay, it's not a joke. This is great. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate it. I'm going to do my best. And then right before we hang up, he goes, oh, and one more thing. Watch out for that joke slam. (laughs) Then click, right? Yeah. So I immediately called my trainer. I go, is this real? And he goes, yeah, it's real. You don't want to go? I go, yeah, I want to go. I don't know, man. Relax. One, two, three. Yes. Wrestling. Oh. oh, the rock tequila is so good. Is it really good? Dude, it's, it's, it's like water. Wow. I've never had, especially for a $30 bottle, I've never had a bottle of tequila that smooth. Like, I've had some that are, I've had some, like, cheaper tequilas that are decent, and you can drink them, but this, I'm, like, literally just a couple ice cubes, and I'm just drinking it, and it's just... I have to get it. It's... I have to get it. I, I really think that by at some time in our lives that Dwayne Johnson's going to be president of the United States. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. It would happen so easily, too. All he yeah. literally needs to do is just be like, what up, guys? I'm here. I'm He's Dwayne. like the most likable person in Hollywood. He has to be like one of the most likable people. I don't imagine there's a person in the world that doesn't like The Rock. Right. He just comes off like we all want to be his life, you know? And I remember, I remember when the XFL first showed up, and I remember sitting at my parents' house watching the first episode in 2001, and that was when they had all of the like WWE influence in yeah. XFL. And The right. Rock was there cutting a promo, and I remember my mom sat there, and all of a sudden you just heard her very quietly go, "God, he's so hot." <laughs> my sister heard him, heard her say that, and called her out for it. And my mom was like, "What he is?" And that was you know, that was 20 years ago. But still, you know, I'm sure the feelings have not changed. Oh, totally not, no. But yeah, I just thought that was comical. But That's awesome. we are going to get rolling. So welcome all you yes and nights to 123 Yes Wrestling, where we want to bring the love back to the empty arena wrestling. I am Chris, and as always, I'm joined by Corey and Ed. But I was reading the script, and Corey isn't here, unfortunately. He might pop in. I'm going to shoot him a text right now and say, we're recording. But I got Ed. How are we doing, Ed? Hey, man, I'm here. And, you know, we are back once again for another amazing week of pro wrestling analysis, maybe sprinkled with a dab of reality, a little dab of humility, a little dab of just total BS with, you know, a couple awesome wrestling fans. So I'm excited to be here, excited to be here with you, and I'm not excited to start my new work week. I know. Tuesdays, after having three days off, and especially with how much house stuff you've been doing, I can totally imagine that that not being like, this is probably your worst time of the week. So I appreciate that you're willing to spend any of it with me, man. No, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, uh, it was was a crazy week of, uh, well, weekend, I should say, because my weekend is technically Sunday through Tuesday. So my weekend, um, as, you know, many of you guys have known, I've been working on my my house for the last couple of years. It was a fixer upper and I've been doing a ton of work and I was purposefully putting off the floors in the house because I wanted to focus on painting and all that good stuff. Well, the floors finally are done in my house, but not without a little calamity today. So Chris, if you don't mind, I'm going to tell you a little story about what happened 
specifically today in these projects? I'm going to sit back with my glass of tequila, tequila, and listen to you tell a story. Tell me a story, Ed. So, so basically, the, the carpets went in yesterday into the bedrooms. That was great. It went off without a hitch. Today was the laminate day. So hallways, um, my kitchen, my dining room, and my living room are all going to get laminate uh, tile. So this morning, a couple nice gentlemen come to my door to start the project, and everything's going pretty well. So I, being Eddie Monet, decide I'm going to enjoy my day. It's beautiful outside. I'm going to go to my garage. I'm going to play PlayStation 2 with the garage door open, and I'm just going to have me a couple beers, a couple tokes, and just have myself a nice nice day. So around noon... You know, I'm playing Raw versus SmackDown 2006, which was the first game that had GM mode, which needs okay. to be brought back. But oh, anyway, yeah. I was playing Raw versus SmackDown 2006. I had just ordered some Grubhub. I had Steak and Shake coming for lunch. A couple Frisco melts, if you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a great sandwich. But anyway, <laughs> around noon, one of the two people uh, comes running at me into the garage with a tourniquet on his wrist. And he's like, I have to go to urgent care right now. uh, And my friend is going to take me. And they spoke, you know, broken English, but I could tell something was wrong. I didn't see any blood, but he had a tourniquet wrapped around his whole wrist. Mm. And so basically the other person runs out of my house and is like, I got to, I got to take him right now to urgent care. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, where's the nearest urgent care? I'm like, ah, so I start panicking and, you know, I probably shouldn't have, you know, been, you know, having as much fun as drinking, I was at noon. Yeah, drinking and but, token, you know. Right. But anyway, so <laughs> in, a, in a panic, I Google the nearest, you know, place for this poor gentleman to go. And we got him set up. He got in the car and he got to urgent care. Meanwhile, the other guy keeps working. <laughs> I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, this job doesn't have to continue at this point. But they keep working, and then about four hours later, this guy actually comes back from the hospital and helps finish up the job, all wrapped up and everything. So uh, I am very impressed with these workers, and uh, you know, I just think that that's dedication to the house floor, and I'll never forget them for it. Right? They're literally there's parts of them literally in the floor. Probably. The uh, do you want to shout out who was who was doing the floors? Do you want to give them a shout out? Uh, I went with Empire, man. I know the the commercials are uh, everywhere. Yeah, I went with good old Empire, and man, they just did a great job for me. So. Outside outside of Chicago, they have no idea. Right, Empire is a the Chicago song of our childhood. So, Five, listeners, eight, if you want to know something cool about Chicago, go on YouTube and Google, or you know, just search for Empire commercials from the '80s. You will thank me. You will thank me later. Yeah. Yeah, that's our that's our childhood right there. Right. Grew up in Chicago. You know what we're talking about. Absolutely. That Eagle Man. Those two are pretty much our childhood. Well, up. the thing about the Eagle Man commercials was that was also Man Cow. Man Cow was very much in those commercials, and I didn't know he was in those commercials until didn't years he, later. Didn't he go in those commercials after though? Like the original one. Didn't he jump in after like the original one, and then he started doing them? I think he enjoyed them so much that he had to be a part of them as a Chicago celebrity that Man yeah. Cow is. I still, he still think he was more of a celebrity because somebody spray-painted Man Cow on the Crown Point water tower back <laughs> in the early 80s, and it stayed there till like, 1996. So, <laughs> I don't know. But is he still around? He is still around. I know he's on one of the, like, uh, some radio station. Maybe he listens to us, Man Cow. If you listen to this podcast, why don't you tell us what radio station you're on now? Yeah, so we can send our fans and you send your fans to us. I'm sure we have the same amount. Probably. All right. This week, we are going to talk about Vince McMahon during the pandemic, climbing the corporate ladder, and a possible rough road ahead for the Velveteen Dream. I'm going to run through the spiel as quick as I can so we can get running. But make sure you like, follow, subscribe on all podcasts and social media services. Shoot us a like. We're looking for reviews and ratings. How many stars are we looking for, Ed? We're looking for five stars. Five stars. Five stars three times. Five stars three times. You guys, get that going. There's probably more than three things that you can go put five stars on to do five stars three times and hook us up. 
Yeah. That made sense, right? Yeah, that made sense. Go do it. And we are going to move on, but shoot us an email, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, anecdotes, jokes, riddles, anything that you might have that's deep inside you that you just want to share. Email us at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. We even take limericks. Ooh, I love limericks. I love limericks. Especially the dirty ones. All right. Well, we're going to jump in. Before we go too far and get too crazy here, and before I drink too much of the Rocks tequila. Woo! Yeah. 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 This is going to be a long night, but it's going to be quick because Ed's got to go to bed. But we did, since the last time we did uh, a show, we did have Howard Finkel passed away, unfortunately, which I know there have been lots of rumors of him not being in the best of shape. And I know there were lots of stories of the WrestleMania we went to where he couldn't get out of the ring. And, you know, I know he's been having some hard some hard times. Um, and unfortunately, last week he did pass away. And that's a voice of our generation, you know, if you grew up watching wrestling in the 80s or 90s, that's the voice, you know, the, and new, I mean, that, he, that was him all the way, and I put at the front of the show a soundbite of Luke Gallows doing his impression of when he first met Howard Finkel and everything, and I thought that was really cool, and he does a knockout impression of him, so I, th- I thought that would be fun to share, as I heard many other podcasts doing the same thing this last week, um, but, you know, Howard Finkel, man, it's the voice of your childhood, huh? Yeah, and you know, I put him up with actually some of the best uh, announcers in sports history, and I really, you know, I think years from now, you're going to really know how tied to the product Fink really was, because you really couldn't imagine the late 80s, especially in the 90s, without him. Like, there was a fundamental energy that he brought to a match just by announcing and then also announcing a winner. Because he literally legitimized that and new phrase as part of his announcing. So you just were looking forward to that. Like you were looking forward to hearing him announce that new winner. And I got nothing but love for the Fink. But the thing is about the Fink is I really think the Fink ultimately reminds me a lot of a wrestling fan that just got to hang out and be a part of it from the beginning, which he, which he very much was. And look no further than legends house with Howard Finkel. And you can tell this guy, this guy's just a nice guy. He, he's, he's a nice guy. Seems kind of like probably maybe a little bit of a nerdy guy, you know, and well, you on know, Legends house, he wouldn't even write a bad, a mean joke about someone exactly. for a roast. It was just like, that's not me. I'm just going to tell people how much I like them and how much I appreciate right. them. That's what his con- contribution was to a roast. Exactly. While everyone else was doing these mean, you know, jokes. He just told people why he loved them. And that's yeah. just Howard Finkel, like, wrapped up, it seems. And I give him a lot of credit because the one thing that I kept reading about, you know, since he, when he passed away was this whole wrestler's court thing. And, you know, allegedly he got it pretty bad back in 2001. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I hope, you know, the business kind of evolves from. I don't think we need that kind of crap anymore. And it's very... Um, it just seems like he would have been an easy target, and I could easily believe that story. But, you know, I think uh, celebrate his legacy and thank God for the network, because even today I was I was watching old uh, Bret Hart matches and literally he, he like he brought so much energy to Bret's intro. And then also when Bret would win, like you could tell, like he definitely helped get that crowd to react however they needed to react. He was a professional. He was a professional and he just, you know, kind of stumbled into the position and it seemed like it was something he was born for. And it's just crazy. He's got a, there's lots of information out there about the history of Howard Finkel and what he means to the wrestling business. And it's definitely all worth checking out. Um, I look forward to any kind of special that they want to put on that network about uh, the Fink. Totally. Yeah, that's kind of a, a voice of our childhood, man. I agree. It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, but we're going to move on from the sadness and talk about more sadness for a little bit. But Yay! we had all those cuts that we talked about a couple weeks ago, and we got a couple more coming in today. But Sarah Logan supposedly is already expected to come back. So okay. there were already rumors of people talking to management saying, yeah, you don't want to cut her. Her husband still works there. And I think even the Monday after Raw, she was reportedly backstage and they were already talking about using her that Monday. Now, of course, WWE is also saying, well, we're paying you for the 90 days, no compete clause. So we might as well use you. So a lot of those people might be showing up Drake Maverick, which we'll talk about here in a minute. 
But I mean, Sarah Logan, out of all the people that were expected, and we're going to talk a little bit more about those cuts as we progress through the show. But I mean, Sarah Logan being the one one person that's really coming out as being might be back sooner. Does that surprise you? Um, I, no, I think I don't think all these people are suddenly going to just be without a job. I think here's the thing. Vince is very much operating at, you know, kind of like an emergency um position with the company and he should because i mean they're not getting revenue right now so i mean like they have to make these decisions now i think they probably got a lot of people off the books just to get them off the books um because it is a publicly traded company so you can at least go into next quarter starting to talk about all the money you saved during coronavirus and all that by cutting talent but that doesn't mean that a lot of these people won't come just right back once, uh, you know, we get back to some sense of normalcy where we can start selling tickets again. Um, so I have a lot I have a feeling that a lot of these these folks will just be coming right back. Well, now, reportedly, Vince McMahon, and this was the official definition, was that currently he doesn't give no fucks. And he just after the XFL going bankrupt and everything else and just all the things that have been happening with the pandemic, having to cancel WrestleMania, ultimately, I mean, WrestleMania happened, but I mean, that was that was canceled WrestleMania. Right. (laughs) And, you know, all of those things right now, Vince McMahon is just like, whatever, I don't care. And that's where a lot of this stuff is coming from as well. So it's kind of crazy to see. But, yeah, I imagine a lot of them coming back, except for the ones that really don't want to or find opportunity elsewhere. Which once again we'll jump into here in a little bit. Right. But then uh, Gerald Briscoe today they announced Gerald Briscoe was cut as well as Kane Velasquez is rumored to have been cut. So how does that how does that make you feel? Are you gonna miss good old Kane part two? I'm very sad for Gerald Briscoe. I hope he <laughs> maybe was at the you know um, end of his career you know because I I actually don't like seeing guys like that could get let go because i know how long he's been around with the company right, right. But, uh kane velasquez uh look uh i wasn't a big fan of this move from the beginning that they signed him they probably were paying him a ton of money to not be doing a damn thing right now so i'm totally fine with that move totally oh yeah i don't i i didn't watch his one match he had with brock lesnar in saudi arabia and it didn't look like I missed anything because it was just a squash going Brock Lesnar's way in about two minutes. And then he went and had surgery and disappeared and never showed anything worth anything. And I'm not tied to the UFC world. So, I mean, it seems like an easy way to save some money. I think you're going to see WWE over the next couple of years really try to figure out how to recreate Brock Lesnar because they know Brock Lesnar is not going to be going forever. Um, and the truth is there is only one Brock Lesnar. I don't see them finding a talent that can match what they're looking for with him anytime soon. And it's not going to be Cain Velasquez. The only one that might come close, but in a whole different, uh, spectrum would be Conor McGregor, but you would not be looking at him as like a Brock Lesnar. You'd be looking at him like this badass cruiserweight type person, which inevitably that could be good for the cruiserweights, but He's the only person I see with that level of superstardom that could translate over to WWE out of the MMA people that I see in there right now. So, what about Gronk? I, well, Gronk just got <laughs> Gronk, Gronk's going to have to be stripped of the twenty four seven title because he took that deal to Tampa Bay. So I God, thought he was. I, I thought he was retired. He was retired. He came out of retirement to get traded. Apparently, he was still retired but tied to the Patriots in whatever way. So I don't know if yeah. he still had time left on his contract or what it was. And then he got traded to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, who's out there. So Tampa Bay is really going to try to be relevant next Tampa year. Bay is trying to win a Super Bowl just to prove a point. Tom Brady wants to win a Super Bowl just yep. to prove a point. Yep. But you know, you know WWE is going to keep that belt on Gronk until they can film an angle where Tom Brady either wins it or tries to win it. Or you could just like have Belichick in a in a feat of rage, like you left me, I've taken this, and then Bill Belichick beats the crap out of Gronk. Like that's that's all that's TV, man. That's, that's TV driving. worth watching. That is worth watching. Belichick trying to pin, roll up Gronkowski in the middle of a football field. That's gold. Yes. During so our, WWE's during, not throwing yeah. money at that. They're going to throw nineteen million dollars at the worthless cause of reelecting Donald Trump. So why not throw a couple <laughs> at Bill Belichick? 
to let him roll up Gronkowski in the middle of a Patriots or, or even the Buccaneers football field. Like anybody who would say no to filming an angle where Bill, Bill Belichick runs across the Tampa Bay Buccaneers field and rolls up Gronkowski at the 50-yard line with the logo, the Buccaneer there on the ground, and seeing Bill Belichick win the WWE 24-7 championship from Gronkowski in the middle of that field, that's gold. That is gold. That's what we need to and see. And anybody who says no to that is stupid. And I and I don't usually like to get political on this podcast, but I do want to say, just you know, for the sake of being humorous, if you guys didn't see today in the news, our vice president, Mike Pence, uh, apparently was in some type of a hospital wing and decided that he didn't want to wear a mask. And it was like a place where they require, required masks, which is also similar to the situation a couple months ago where he was in some type of nuclear lab and there was a sign on something that said, do not touch. And he was literally caressing this object. <laughs> so I've decided that Mike Pence is is the actually the most passive aggressive uh, person in, in Trump's cabinet. And he he purposefully is seems kind of quiet. But he's actually a very subtle version of Trump because anytime he's put in a situation where he's supposed to do something, he does the opposite. So for the love of God, don't put Mike Pence in a room with a big red button that says do not press. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Just don't do that. We're coming off Monday Night Raw and the biggest thing, whoa, my... Something. The biggest thing. Real big. Something happened with my screen. Hopefully you guys, just, can you still hear me? I can hear you. I just heard you yeah. say something about it. Getting, it's getting really big in here or something. <laughs> can you hear me? You must not be able to hear me. I was not able to hear you anymore. All of a sudden everything went away. Well, you didn't hear my comment then about it getting really big in here. No, I didn't. That's, that's what it sounded like you said to me. For a minute. I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, well, this po- this podcast went down a, d- a different road. Well, it's getting real big in here, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> as we are moving on to Monday Night Raw. And Samoa Joe came back to do commentary in a welcome addition to the commentary team. Samoa Joe took the place of Jerry Lawler and just knocked it out of the park. I enjoyed Raw last night. Raw was good. Raw, I, I so well. I mean, I'm still kind of watching it, but what I've seen, I'm very happy with. So I only um, saw the Hulu cut, but I'll walk you through whatever yeah, walk else you through it, man. I saw that happen. There's plenty that's going on to talk about. This is going to be the majority of our show this afternoon, evening, whatever it is right now. But Drew McIntyre, I'm really enjoying as the first ever smart good guy champion they've ever had in the WWE. Like he's getting the upper hand on people. He's calling people out. He told Seth Rollins he was full of shit last night. Like, <laughs> I, I'm down with this Drew McIntyre face turn champion. Like, they're they're booking him. He looks like he's having a blast, and he's making these empty arena shows look fun. Yeah. Like, he seems like he's having fun with what he's got, which is what you want in a champion. And I think he's the perfect person to be champion during this era. Yeah. The quarantine era or whatever. No, we he, call. uh. He's really taking the ball and running with it. Um, he's not letting the give it the certain situation that we're in now change what kind of a, a job he's going to do. And yeah, I mean, he's just yeah. They, I'm very happy they went with him, and it seems like they're going to kind of put the rocket ship on him. I think, and I hope they do for a while because well, it's time. Yeah, and the way that he's going to handle this situation, they're going to pay that back. Like he's gonna yes. that's going to be worth his time. Oh, all yeah. the way, you know, like he's putting in the time now, and once crowds come back, and once all that shit, that dude's gonna have that belt for ever. Yeah, like I really foresee him holding it all year. I don't see anybody beating him this year. I mean, outside of the Money in the Bank, which we'll get into here in a minute, but I'm I'm enjoying Drew McIntyre. But he did last week challenge Seth Rollins, so it was a little weird that the champ was challenging someone who lost at Mania, you know, but. They had their contract signing last night, and it was entertaining, and I'm sure that's going to be a hell of a match. Well, and I also liked what they're doing with Buddy Murphy. So this whole this whole storyline of, you know, um, you know, you got his little stable of disciples, but Buddy Murphy's his main one. And let's just face it, Buddy Murphy's just an incredible worker, an incredible talent. And I know that this storyline is probably eventually going to see Rollins and Murphy having some type of a feud. And that's just got money written all over it already just because 
even last night, I did see that highlight where Drew was going to Claymore Seth, and then he ended up Claymoring Buddy Murphy as like a sacrificial lamb. And it's like, that's just all good shit. Like, that's, as Vince would say, that's good shit. Um, I like it. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. I, like I said, I enjoyed that ending. I enjoyed that contract signing. I enjoyed the hell out of Drew McIntyre, and I think he's the perfect person to be champ. And it looks like because we had a return last night on Raw, which we had Jinder Mahal returned and dominated uh, Azira, a, Akira, because I'm too drunk to say that name. Akira, Akira Tazawa. Tazawa, there it is. Jinder Mahal destroyed him, which Akira has normally been getting decent matches, and at least he's like the most talented jobber ever. But Jinder Mahal destroyed him. So do you think they're building him to face Drew McIntyre? Do you think totally. that that's where we're going to get a summer of Drew and uh, Jinder? Totally. And I, I love Jinder Mahal. I was a big fan of his run as the WWE champion against all odds. A lot of people did not like it, but I enjoyed it. Um, I think he's a natural heel. He's got a great look. Um, and I'm glad last night he came back as badass Jinder and not enlightened Jinder that he was doing for a little bit. Yep. Where he was still a heel, but he was trying to act calm all the time. No, you need to just be angry and come to the ring with fire on your on the ramp. Like I just loved everything about his last run, and uh, I hope they kind of like realize this guy's a solid heel. Like just if he if you and you have now you almost have to tell that story of Drew and Gender in coming out of 3MB. Like you have to tell that story. Yeah, and so. I think that's I think that's what we're getting this summer, and I'm. 100% cool with that. I really am enjoying on these empty arena shows, and you can tell that they're limited with their talent, and they're working. You know, like last night was just a huge night for Apollo Crews, which we'll get into here in a second, but it was a huge night for Apollo Crews, and it was the most attention that he's gotten ever. You yeah. know, like his outside of his brief NXT run, but on the four years he's been on the main roster, this is the biggest attention that he's ever gotten. Yeah. And they sold me on him. You know, like said, how the night ended. I don't know how much you saw of Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll talk about Apollo Crews real quick. Apollo Crews came out and they, they opened the show with the three members of the Money in the Bank match. So it was Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, and Apollo Crews versus Selena Vegas, um, tribe of, you know, Andrade and. Uh, yeah. Angel Garza and blanking on Austin Theory. Austin Theory. And they had their three on three match. And then all of a sudden, Apollo Crews was like, hey, you know, uh, I, I feel so good after that match. I can take on. And he picked a fight with Andrade. So later in the night, he had a U- United States title match against Andrade. They had a hell of a match. They went like 20 minutes. They went a whole thing. Apollo Crews went for some kind of frog splash and landed. And then he grabbed his knee and the referee called the match. And then apparently they even cut a promo afterwards of him with his knee all iced up and he was just literally like crying. And as he's trying to talk with Charlie Caruso and you're just like, oh man, but so you went this whole night of him being like happy and cocky and then ended on heartbreak. And you're just like, God, you know, you feel for this dude. And I'm like, they did more for this guy in one night than anything. And now going into this money in the back bank match, I'm pumped up. But now to this morning, I woke up, clicked on the rumor mill, the dirt sheets, and they said he's out of the money in the bank match. So now he's not even in it. So apparently that injury was either real or part of the story because reportedly they already recorded the Money in the Bank match, which, like I said, that's the next thing really to talk about. So the Money in the Bank match is supposedly already recorded, even though we don't know who all the people are. So I don't know if they already recorded it with someone else in Apollo Crews place because this injury is a work or if he really got injured. Now they have to go back and record a bunch of stuff, which I'm sure we'll find out more in the coming days. Maybe because he may have actually won the damn match, you know, and like now he just he got injured because they're you're they're doing live shows again. So that yeah. that's a very interesting possibility. Now, um, one of the things in this quarantine era is that they like these non finishes for matches. We had several last night. We've had them several a couple of weeks with Shayna Baszler and everybody else with ref stoppages and whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, very easily. This just seemed like it was a. We can't have Andrade lose because we don't want to put the belt on Apollo. And we can't have Apollo lose because we're pushing him for money in the bank. So we'll just do an injury angle and call it. But then for them to go so far as to pull him out of the money in the bank match, then it's like, what was the point of all of last night's Raw where it was pumping up Apollo Crews? Well, you never know. I mean, it could be even that they drop him back in. He, like, comes out with, you know, a wrapped up knee and ends up winning. Like, 
they, it could all be storyline driven. I hope it is. Cause the thing is the people that are on TV right now, I think, and I, I'm not saying I agree with this, but the people who are coming to the shows and trying to keep things going, I know a guy like Vince McMahon is definitely is appreciative of it. I, I don't want him to judge the people that decide to stay home, but I just feel that a guy like Vince inevitably will. That's just the truth of it. So at least, I, at least I different. yeah, at least different. And, you know, I just think like the people that are here are going, it's going to work out well with uh, well for them. Like an Apollo Cruz, like all these, Andrade, um, yeah, that whole... Andrade uh, Hector, you know, I mean, all these guys are, and they're good wrestlers. So it's fine. It's going to shake up the roster no matter what. So hey, raw every week has Charlie Caruso on it. And, uh, Selena Vega in like, prominent roles constantly on tv i'm good i don't I'm need much more on tv <laughs> on a Monday yeah, I think, night, uh, i'm good they just need to have a filter so i can just watch them yeah i can yeah. just skip ahead yeah that would be appreciative like a skip button but but since we talked about the money in the bank ladder match i know we talked about a couple weeks ago whether or not we even talked about it on this show but the money in the bank ladder match they changed this year to be at the corporate wwe headquarters and they're going to put the briefcases in the ring on the roof of the arena. And now it seems like they basically are doing both at the same time. Because last night they said six men and six women will start in the bottom and they'll race to the top and whoever gets the respected briefcases wins. So it looks like we're having Die Hard in a, in a WWE headquarters where they we're going to have 12 people, six men, six women, brawling all the way from the ground floor to the roof to win the Money in the Bank. So it looks like we're getting another movie match, Ed. It has to be a movie match. And here's why. Because there's no possible way that you could run a traditional uh, follow the, the talent around camera with this with this many people. So we're going to get a movie match. And that makes me excited. Like, right. I I feel like like I'm going to this is must see TV for me because number one is original as hell. Um, but I really want to see how it's shot and I want to see how crazy it gets. Like, I want to know if anybody falls off the building and stuff like, well, you know, you know, they're going to fight into Vince's office and he's going to be having a meeting. Yeah. You know that they're going to like, you could just tell the comedy that this thing is like just bound to have. Oh yeah. As much as I was like, Oh God, now hearing that the rumors of it being a cinema match, like I said, reportedly it's already been filmed. Yeah. But just seeing what they're going to do with it, I'm a lot more curious than just the initial idea of them following around. Because like I said, my initial take when they first said it was that it was just going to be like these, you know, empty arena matches that we've been getting between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano and Edge and Orton that are just kind of brawls and they're just punching and hitting each other with stuff, but they have no substance. Right. So I'm very interested to see how that match is going to go. Now I'm going to tell you, Ed, real quick, who's so far in these matches, and I'm just curious what you th- what you what you think. How you how cool. do you think this match is going to go? But on uh, for the men, we have Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, and then either Otis or Dolph Ziggler. And then we did have Apollo Cruz, but he's supposedly removed, so we're just going to have to leave that spot blank. But if you really look at, like, if Dolph Ziggler wins, beats Otis, you have Corbin, Brian, and Ziggler. All the SmackDown people have already won. So do you think they're going to win again? You know, and then we've got Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio. Like, where do you think they're going to go? Are they going to go with a uh, – I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty sure King Corbin's going to win this thing. I think King Corbin needs to win because he needs to make up for the last time he had Money in the Bank, and it was not the right time for him, you know, in his career. And, you know, I think based on the work that that man has done, he I mean, he is a just a fantastic heel. I hate him and I'm not afraid to admit it, but that means he's doing his job. So I, I like King Corbin. If if any heel wins it, I want it to be him. If a face wins it, I'd love Aleister Black to win it and then say he's going to cash it in at WrestleMania against whoever's champion. That would be I I've just the reason I want the face to win this time is because I feel like it, we've it's very easy for a heel to chase. And I think we've seen that storyline a few years in a row now. So I'd love to see the opposite, but if a heel's going to win, I'm going with King Corbin. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, I mean, outside of whoever they else, they throw in this match going, you know, to take up hollow Cruz place. You're looking at Alistair Black or King Corbin. I don't yeah. see anybody else winning this thing. 
And Alistair Black, if he's going to win it, I hope he takes it, holds on to it to Mania, and you get McIntyre and Black at Mania as the main event. And Dude, I, how about it? That'd be that'd be money right there. That would be Black Mass nice versus the Claymore. Can you imagine if, like, say, Alistair Black won this thing next Sunday? Yeah. And then he openly comes out and says, I'm challenging Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania for his championship. And then all of a sudden it's this whole thing of, like, you could tell a whole story the whole year of, like, Alistair Black keeping the belt on Drew McIntyre or, you know, like, doing this whole thing. Like, you could really, like, you could tell a cool story if you really cemented that now. And you well, can yeah. go through and have them be like friends and then leading into and turn one of them at the end. I mean, you could do a lot of cool stuff with it. I don't think, um, see, as Triple H kind of gets a little bit more power, which I think he really is starting to see a lot more influence. But, like, I don't think he's afraid to tell that kind of story. I don't know if Vince is about telling a, a year-long story. I yeah, mean, the last time they did it was fuck. Cena and Rock. So <laughs> Vince doesn't care anymore. I know, he so maybe care. he'll do it now. So maybe he'll be like, whatever. Yeah, sounds good, Paul. He'll he'll drink some of the Rocks tequila and say whatever. Exactly. Um, then we got the women's money in the bank match, which is Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, and either Mandy Rose or Carmella. And that's a very interesting mix of people. I was surprised that Lacey Evans beat Sasha Banks last week. I really thought Sasha was going to win so then she could like hold it over Bailey and they could build their story that way. But instead, they're going to go the lazy route of just having Sasha Banks blame Bailey for her loss. And then they're just going to fall apart that way, which isn't nearly as exciting. But yeah. what do you think? I mean, out of these women, you got to assume that Brooke Evans and either Rose or Carmella aren't going to win. I think Lacey Evans is actually going to win it. Do you really? I do. I actually do think, I think Lacey Evans, um, they. They want to try to do, I think, my, just from what I've seen, and people might disagree, but I believe they want Lacey Evans to be like the Roman Reigns of the female division. They want her to get over um, as a face. And personally, like, I, I do see it. I mean, she's a former Marine. She's got that pinup look and, yeah, you know, the great. we can do it, you know, you know, Rosie the Riveter whole thing. Like, but it just... I don't know. Like I, she, I, for some reason, I don't think they've given her enough time in matches or anything to get me to care about her as a wrestler. I definitely care about her as a character. I think it's a cool character, but you know, she's got to impress me more in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. But I do I'm, think she's going to win. I think Nia Jax is going to win. Um, they did that weird. Did you see that triple threat they had on Raw? Mm-mm. It was Nia Jax versus Oscar versus Shayna Baszler, which already I was like, oh. That's an interesting match. Like, why would they even put that match together? Yeah. And then they came out, and as they started, the women started coming out, they just all started brawling outside the ring. So they're beating each other up and throwing each other into ladders and just working each other over. Then they get into the ring, they keep fighting, they keep fighting, and Nia Jax, like, picks up a ladder and hits both Asuka and Shayna Baszler, and they fly over the top rope. And then they hit the ground. Nia Jax holds up a ladder over her head, drops it behind her, and they play her music, and that's it. Ah. And then they were just like, oh, the match never even started. And you're just like, that was stupid. And then they did this terrible, I'm going to go on a thing here. But they did this terrible promo with Nia Jax where she was like, who's going to stop me? Who's going to stop me? Who's going to stop me? And she's talking with Charlie Caruso. She's like, are you going to stop me? Who's going to stop me, Charlie? And Charlie's like, no. And then she screams once again, as I know I've talked about on this show, don't scream into the microphone. She screamed, nobody, nobody's going to stop me. And she screamed and deafened everybody who happened to be watching with headphones or not. But, like, oh, I was God. making breakfast this morning. And I'm like, oh, God. But I want to know, after a year off, Nia Jax is back. Why is she still unsafe in the ring? Like, last week, she picked up Kyrie Zane and chucked her and knocked her headfirst onto the turnbuckles. And Kyrie Zane is out. She just came back from, like, two months being off because of a concussion. And she's out again. Because Nia Jack whipped her carelessly into the turnbuckle and she whiplashed her head. Like, why, why, why didn't she, and, you know, and I don't even mean this in a mean way, but like Nia Jax was out for a year. She had double ACL surgery. Why didn't she do anything to drop some weight, to be better in the ring, to be quicker? Like, she just looks painful in the ring. Like, you watch her move, she looks, it looks painful to me. Like, I feel bad for her watching because I see her moving around and it just seems like she struggles. And after a year off, you figured you should come back, like, in the best shape. 
And she's still just is kind of like struggling and lumbering in the ring. And then when you knock her down, it takes her forever to get back up. And she just still doesn't look comfortable after having double, you know, ACL surgery. And then, of course, she's right back to just injuring people and going right back to this gimmick like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm not you know, I'm not cool with it. I, I I saw what happened with the Kyrie Sane spot, and it was very hard to watch. And it's like that was and that was all her. She wasn't yeah. looking to where she threw her, and she just threw her ass down. And Kyrie Zane's like 80 pounds, has no say in what happens to her no. in that situation. And she trusts Nia Jax to not hurt her. And what did she do? She hurt her. Yeah. And this isn't the first time this shit's happened. So it's just, I don't, I'm not a fan of Nia Jax. And she could have a great look. She's, you know, she's a pretty girl. She can talk. She can do stuff. But just the way that she's booked, or at least what her limitations, I don't know why she's booked the way that she's booked just to be that monster. But she just hurts people. And that's just not cool. Yeah. And if you're going to be booked as a monster, you better be able to not hurt people with the crazy moves you're going to do where you're literally just picking people up and dropping them. And, you have to earn the right to be that given that title. And I think they, with her, they just think we've got this chick who she looks like, you know, a beast. She looks like she could kick everybody's ass. Uh, so whether, whether it's who she is or not, that's what we're going to do. And you know, what happens? People get hurt. And the one thing I, I am happy with is people are talking about it. You know, this, it, I think like, you know, the same thing that you're bringing up, I, I heard it all the last couple of days on uh, news sites. It's like, how long are they going to let her wrestle this style? You know, this aggressive, big, like, I'm going to throw everybody around style if she's constantly taking people out. And the truth is they can't because it's money. And, you know, if I've got Kyrie, like Kyrie Sane, who, you know, is probably one of the best talents I have on the women's roster. And then you take her out, that's money, you know, so. I mean, I'm happy she's back. I'm happy she, she got, you know, back from a double ACL surgery, but it's, uh, she's got to just make sure she's not hurting people. It, I, it's, it's, I was just really hoping that she was going to take that year and kind of like transform I, a little. I, yeah. I was ready yeah. for her to come back and be a new Nia Jax. So when right. I came, when she came out and she looked the same, she moved the same. She still looked no like gimmick she change. Yeah. And then she didn't change anything with her style. It was just like, it was just like, oh, what did you do the last year? And it just kind of bummed me out because I wanted more for her and I wanted more for that character. And I just wanted more and to not yeah. get it. And then, like I said, to see you just jump right back into doing the exact same shit that you were doing a year ago. It's just it's just like, OK, well, I guess this is always going to be a waste of time. You know? I would much rather have Tamina in the position, like because at least she's proven herself. She's been around for a long time. And, you know, I feel like that's a cool story that can be told with Tamina that hasn't been told yet because. Like I like I mentioned, I think last week she has been under the radar in the women's division for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's getting her SmackDown Women's Championship matchup money in the bank against Bailey, so we'll see what she can do with that spotlight. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna move on to SmackDown. I don't know how much of SmackDown you saw. I saw a Smack dab of SmackDown. Smack dab. Well, we got a couple weeks of SmackDown because we didn't talk about SmackDown last week. I just wanted sure we can we can we can hot take this. But uh the New Day won their eighth tag team championship when Big E beat uh Jay and the Miz. Do you care? No, because I mean, well, I, I just so here's the thing. I don't want the New Day to break up. But I guess my thing is if we're going to keep on, like, what are we trying to accomplish now? Are they trying to go for a record? Like, what's the point of the New Day winning tag titles? The New Day needs to go to NXT. Yeah, that could be a good idea. You send them to NXT, just like they did Charlotte, to get to work with some people, bring some freshness to that division, somebody new to kind of be on the top of it, and you give the New Day the tag team championships in, in NXT and let them battle it out with all the, the, the newcomers and the, you know, the fresh talent and you get a bunch of fresh matches. I mean, the problem with the new day is it was once again, the Usos versus the new day versus Miz and Morrison, which Miz and Morrison were fresh at the time. But even that, once you've seen the same matches over and over again, it's just like, meh. Do you think it's getting stale? The gimmick? The new day? Yeah. To a point, it probably is, but they can keep working with it, but it's just you have to give them new people to fight. It's just like Charlotte. You know, that's why I brought that up with it going to NXT. Charlotte, I mean, her gimmick is she puts on awesome matches. The New Day put on awesome matches. 
but you just are like, okay, I've seen them win a bunch of times. I've seen them fight the same people. I've seen Charlotte fight Becky and Bailey and Sasha how many times? I've seen the New Day fight the Usos and everybody else how many times? So give me some new teams to fight. Give me something fresh. I'm cool with the New Day. But you're going to keep giving me the same matches, and I don't want to see it. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. Like you said, it's like how many times am I going to see the Usos fight the New Day? You know, I, I feel like I've been watching literally those years. two fight for years now. It's been years. They had yeah. that crazy Hell in a Cell match. It should have been the last match they ever fought, and that was already like two years ago. Right. It's crazy. But, you know, they're the eighth-time champions. I'm sure they're going to go. They're, I mean, they're Hall of Fame-bound, so, I mean, awesome for them. And, that, and like I said, I got nothing but love for the New Day, but, yeah, they need to either – fresh show or like i said i think nxt would be the best spot for him, well but... my, my thing is if you're going to be a stable and now you're it's like you're you're into hall of fame territory you got kofi with who's a you know former champion but here's the thing like they all should get their shot like if they're going to stay together give them all the opportunity to act out as single talent within the new day you know kofi shouldn't shouldn't have stopped going after the championship like kofi should still be in the title picture like so it's like they they if they're gonna if they're gonna keep these guys at front and center in the tag world, they need to be just as front and center in the championships that you know they've all gone for. So I mean, like I could see Xavier Woods easily being like Intercontinental Champion. Why I can hasn't see... why hasn't anybody in that group been anything but tag team? Like why Except hasn't anybody Kofi. been US yeah. or IC? And outside of Kofi Mania and yeah. Kofi winning the WWE Championship. In the what ten years they've been together, or eight years, or whatever ridiculous amount of time that they've been together, how come they've never? I don't recall a time. Now somebody listening might be able to be like, "Oh, Chris, remember he was IC champ back in this, you know, whatever." Well, but he was IC champ, but that was before the New Day. Big yeah, E was IC the New champ. Day, they were pretty much yeah. Kofi had all the belts before, right? But and I think he's Grand Slam now because of once he won the heavyweight. Well, even Big E had the IC belt for yeah. you know for a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, when but... he was with uh, AJ AJ Lee and yeah. Dolph Ziggler, I think he was yep. IC champ. And, mm-hmm. but I mean, since they became New Day, they've no. never given anybody else a singles title that I'm aware of. And that's I think why the why I'm getting a little frustrated is like they're not just a tag team, and they should all have the, the desire to get singles belts. And that would be a fresh story if like he just said, you know what, we have been around for almost ten years. We're going to be champions all all on our own at the same time. And they just all go for all the belts. And, like, that's a storyline of them for a year, like, climbing the ladder and getting all the single titles on a show. Like, that would be so cool, you know. But I think everybody wants the New Day to explode, and I don't. Oh, that's I, not what I want. You I know, never but... want to see that. I don't want to see that. And I, I'm happy that they keep saying you won't see it. And I really hope that it's true. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see, I enjoyed what they did with Kofi where they were just happy for him. I want to see them do that for Big E. I want to yeah. see them push, like I said, Xavier to the IC. I want to see, I want to see them have more than just tag team. Right. I agree. Um, we had uh, Bray Wyatt and Strowman. I know you guys talked about this here a couple weeks ago. That's this feud really doing anything for you? I, I mean, like this... it, but I, I find it interesting that, in the, what's happened since the last time we talked is Strowman's fighting Bray Wyatt. He's not fighting the Fiend, which I find very fascinating. So does this is, does this become another thing where Bray Wyatt can then lose and you build the story from? I mean, is this is is this going to help Strowman or hurt him? I think it's going to hurt Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt and him are going to have a very basic match. I think Strowman's probably going to beat the shit out of Bray Wyatt, which will then trigger the Fiend at your next show and. I have a feeling if that's with the card they play, then the Fiend probably gets that belt back. So. Well, I hope they have fun with the fact that this is going to be in an empty arena. So then it's like Bray Wyatt can get his ass whooped and the lights can go out and the Fiend can show up in the middle of the match and like. Sure could. You could really do make some make something of this. Right now, yeah. I'm just like either you know you're either going to make you're going to there's no winner in this feud. You know, if you make Strowman beat the crap out of Bray Wyatt, it just hurts Bray Wyatt. If you make Bray Wyatt beat Strowman, it hurts Strowman. So it's like it's a weird feud to even put together. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious to see if this is just a, all right, well, you know, the Goldberg thing was a mistake. We'll just put the back belt back on the Fiend and just keep going. Or if Strowman, if they really want to do something with Strowman. I, I tend to think that Strowman was a reactionary decision. So I'm not sure if they really want to have the belt on him for a, a long period of time. But um it's on him so if they wanted to do something they can but something tells me that they want that belt back on 
Um, the fiend, so the fiend can be a heel champ going into the summer when hopefully we inevitably start seeing live shows again. You know, the, the whoever they put as the top face on SmackDown can go after the fiend. So it'll be interested. Um, and then the last couple nights we've had the 25th anniversary, the roast of Triple H on SmackDown. I don't know how much of this you saw. I I only saw what I saw with Vince, so I didn't see anything really else about it but i have noticed there's a ton of like all this like um stuff on wwe shop all of his old shirts got released again including his like original 98 um uh h with the three yes and i'm actually thinking about getting it because it's it's just oh it's old and awesome Yeah, I'll have to look and see some of that stuff. It yeah. was interesting. Like I said, I, I saw, I mean, the comedy stuff with Shawn Michaels was, it had its moments. The FaceTime stuff with Ric Flair and Stephanie was funny. Vince seemed out of his mind. Um, bringing up Katie Vick and basically bringing up every bad thing about the Attitude Era. And then he shut off all the lights on him and told him to go home. Yeah, it was a Played very strange noises. promo from Vince McMahon. And, you know, if he's, if he's losing his mind and... Because in the way I look at it, it would make sense he would lose his mind because everything about this guy says he's a control freak. The fact that he doesn't even like when people sneeze tells you how much of a control freak this guy is. And right now, he has zero control of anything that's in, that's impacting the world. And I think he is probably just, you know, just snapped because his world that was like he was on top of everything literally two months, two to three months ago. Vince could do no wrong. Vince was negotiating pay-per-view rights to go back to $50 a pop. And now all of that just seems like the distant past. The XFL collapsed. They fired all these people. Like, the WWE is not in a good place right now. So. No. Yeah, I imagine. But it was an interesting segment. And Triple H, you know, like I said, he's been around 25 years. And he's had a hell of a career. And like I said, it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. And. Um, it's awesome for him. And like I said, usually when he cuts a comedy promo and making fun of himself, that's all, that's all entertaining and stuff. It was, it was it, fine. It was good see. stuff. It was fun to see for what they did. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on real quick to AEW. Not really anything more. Just have some news, news and notes about AEW. Um, AEW, because WWE paid a bunch of money to be deemed professional wrestling essential in the state of Florida, AEW is taking advantage of that, and they're going back to the Daily Center this week for a live broadcast. So AEW is going to start doing all of their taping in Florida because professional wrestling is essential in, in the state of Florida. So, I don't know what's going on down there, you Floridians. You need to reach out to us and let us know why wrestling is essential in Florida. Florida man. Florida man, where are you? Where are you, Florida man? (laughs) So, AEW is going to be back at the Daily Center because of this little uh, loophole that WWE created for themselves. Um, But one of the things I really wanted to ask you about was out of the WWE recently cut talent, who would uh, be foolish for AEW to not pick up. Now, there's all kinds of rumors that basically, surprisingly, Zack Ryder seems to be like the biggest name geared to go to AEW currently because Cody sent out a whole big heartfelt thing. Zack Ryder's already trademarking a whole bunch of stuff. And reportedly, the trademarks that he's putting out for like Internet Champion and a bunch of his things is the AEW lawyer. So it seems like he's kind of already there and like Cody's telling him, hey, yeah, pick up these couple things because we might be able to do something with it. So Zack Ryder really seems like he's AEW bound. And just, but I mean, who would be, he really to me wouldn't be number one that I would think that they would grab. But if he's friends with them and I have nothing against Zack Ryder, so that's awesome. But just kind of curious of who you think would be stupid for AEW to not pick up. I think the three names that immediately jumped to mind would be, um, uh, Zack Ryder. I think Zack Ryder still has a lot in the tank, and I think Zack Ryder probably was... He's only like 32 or something. Yeah, and I think he's really shocked that he got let go. I think Ryder, and I, I was too, I think Ryder kind of probably had a job. I felt like he had a job with the company for however long he wanted to be there. Right. But ultimately, I you know, I think this will be a good thing to like, you know, hopefully revive him and maybe even bring him back to that Long Island Ice-Z type character. That we all loved, you know, uh, you know, yeah. back in the day that got him over in the first place. 
But the other two names, and I, I don't even care if they're brought in as a team because they kind of look good together. But uh, EC3 and Drake Maverick, like they uh, they're obviously buddies and they kind of have been putting out these really good videos together. And EC3 is like basically changed his name to Essential Character 3, which is really pretty ingenious. But yeah. he's cutting promos like Sean O'Hare did back in the day. And it's really amazing stuff. So those are the three people I'd love to see in AEW right now. I I can agree with that. The only other one we're throwing in there is Rusev. Oh yeah, I Rusev, and I, I, I had to go anywhere. I think Rusev. Uh, I heard a rumor he's going to Japan, which I think would be really cool. Rusev would be great in Japan. Another place would be NWA. Yeah. Um, I think he would. I think he would thrive in that like studio setting. Yeah, and be able to cut some promos and really have some fun with that. I think he would do really well over there and with the style that they're trying to pull off. But once again, we need to get crowds back, and you know, we need to get back into a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, yeah. the 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 wrestling industry as a whole is just uh, in a very it's not a pretty time right now. And uh, I hope that you know we can figure out a way to get people watching it live again. Yeah, um, that'll be that'll be a big one. I know. Raw, I think, was the first under two million, like one point eight million, yeah. and it's the lowest rating they've ever had. And Vince McMahon's blaming Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's not on TV, that's why our ratings are low. And you're like, I uh, understand what he's going for because he's, you know, re- like you said, you look at the Raw, it's the same twelve superstars that are doing yeah. the same matches. So I understand that, but I, and I understand like a hardcore wrestling fan, like obviously we are. I appreciate some of the newer talent getting pushes. I enjoyed the Apollo Crews right. push. I'm enjoying seeing people get a spotlight. I'm cool with seeing Jinder Mahal come and destroy some people. Um, but if you're a casual, I don't know how that plays when you don't know who anybody is. Right. I mean, right now we're we're almost back to like the early '90s Raw. Like there's you know about you know like you said, 12, 13 people tops, and we are just getting you know what we can get and it all makes sense now because it's like you can't tape that many shows because that's not part of the deal. So, and I guarantee you that if they were to lose this contract, uh, both USA and I know Fox would probably lowball them versus what they're paying them now. So, so this is what we're going to get for a while. And you know, it is what it is, man. Hey, hey we're getting wrestling every week, whether it's the we're getting wrestling and yeah. And I mean, like, um, I'm, I'm really trying to watch, but I get it. It's hard to watch. Like, <laughs> I miss the crowd. Um, They're doing their damnedest to try to make me forget about the crowd. But, you know, you still miss the crowd. And it's just there's certain moments in wrestling when you need noise and you're not getting it. And that's that's the problem, I think. Like a hot tag. Yeah. It's just like that's when you need that that noise. And um, we're not getting it. And I think that really affects the casual viewer, too. That's just going through going. This is weird. I don't want to watch this. And then they 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 already moved on. Yep. Absolutely. But since you brought up Drake, Drake Maverick, I was just curious real quick, how do you feel about them using his termination as storyline for this Cruiserweight tournament? See, that makes me think that he's one of those guys that will be brought right back. Uh, I think like that's I, I said it uh, a couple weeks ago. I said that his uh, video where he, you know, went live after he got terminated um, it made me feel two things. Number one, that was real emotion and I really felt terrible for him. But number two, I was like, this guy can be the biggest baby face in the industry right now. Like, you know, like, how could you not believe in this guy? So like, I don't feel that that's lost on them. So I think, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, he has a good showing and, um, you know, in a couple months he's brought back and all of a sudden you've got that your new Daniel Bryan, basically, you know? Yeah. Do you think, I mean, if WWE has, I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's all speculation at this point, but I was going to say if WWE doesn't, you know, if they're just using this just to use it to try to get people to watch this tournament, or, I mean, like I said, it's hard to know, you know, I I hope they're not, but I I, I hope they don't do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah. You take advantage. Yeah. You take advantage (laughs) of the situation and go from there. I mean, I think they're going to be really hyper reactive to any good things that are towards wrestling as a whole. I think they're probably paying attention to what trends more than ever because they can't rely on traditional reactions now to even judge what, what is working and what's not. So they have to go on to like social media. They have to see who's trending, who's getting a lot of retweets. Like that's how you, 
in this new world, that's how you see if anybody's over, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, hey, it got him over, and hopefully it gets him further in this tournament, and hopefully, you know, if not, it gets him a job right back where he Speaking wants to of- be. Speaking of Drake Maverick, y'all, if you appreciate beautiful women, f- follow his wife on Instagram. She is gorgeous and she's really cool. So I can't think of what her name is. I think it's like yeah, eight, late lady something, but man, she's like, she's out of sight. Worth following. That's yes. Ed's follow recommendation for Instagram. If anybody really is that like, yeah, well, what's your name? Just reach out to me and I'll look it up for you, but I'm not going to say it on the air. Cause I'm not willing to put that much effort into it. <laughs> he already follows her. So he, yeah, my, it's already a win for me. If you guys just need to do your research. Come on. We should all know who we should be following on Instagram. That's worth it. You really should. So last thing, speaking of Instagram and DMs and all the nastiness that comes with that, we're going to talk real quick about the Velveteen Dream, baby. (laughs) The Velveteen Dream got himself into some hot water on Friday, potentially. Um, A story came out um, that he was sending dick pics to minors. Um, Apparently his DMs were open and he was reportedly talking with several minors. Um, I've read several different articles that said they were male and then other ones that said they were female. So I'm not 100% sure what. And I looked up, up a bunch of different articles and I couldn't find anybody like to be like, yes. So, but there were minors, 17, 15, and 14, I think. It was like a group of friends. And he was supposedly sending some pics to them and tried to get them to send pics back reportedly. Um, supposedly he's saying he was hacked and those pictures were sent without his uh, awareness. But then on Reddit, they the people, the miners who had the pictures ultimately said, yeah, you know, here's all of our conversations. And supposedly the Twitter or the, the Instagram account was traced back to Washington State, which is his hometown. And like everything's leans right back to that. He sent pictures to these kids, I guess. But nobody he's saying he's hacked. And until we hear more, you know, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions here. I'm not here to try to cancel the Velveteen Dream or anything crazy like that. But, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation since he's being pushed as, like, the number one contender for the NXT Championship, and he was finally getting his moment, and then this came out. And, you know, it's a shame that it if, if it's true, and he did do this knowing that they were minors and his whole thing, that's, of course, its own way of being just messed up. But then at the same time, it sucks if it's not true and you just have kids that are messing with him and ruining potentially his life. And it's just a shitty situation when, you know, it's echo chamber of what we live in currently in this whole social media time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he got hacked. I think that he probably maybe have probably messed up and it really sucks because I really love this character and, I really just wanted it to be like the next big thing, especially once he made it to the main roster. I I don't know why I was even thinking about this on the way home, because sometimes like wrestling storylines just pop into my head and like that I think would be good ideas. And then I'm like playing them out in my head. And I thought, how cool would it be if like, you know, the very first live show you have where you have crowds again and you just hit the Velveteen Dreams music and he debuts on the main roster on the very first show. Yeah. of like after quarantine like the place would lose their would lose their mind and it's like just a shame because if it, if it happens to be true like it's it's probably not going to be good for him and this really uh you know i think important character to like the new future of whatever wrestling will be which kind of looks a lot like the rock and wrestling of the 80s which i'm i'm totally cool with like I just really hope that this ends up not being the case because I want to see more characters like the Velveteen Dream pop up. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that it happened at all, regardless of true or not. And yeah, it's you know, he's not denying that the pictures are of him. He's just saying he was hacked. So I guess we'll find out more in the coming days. Grant, it's been a few days since, and we haven't really heard anything, and he hasn't really made any statements. So we'll kind of see a lot of the big things going to come down to what's WWE going to do, because we got NXT tomorrow night on Wednesday, and he's, like I said, aiming to be... He's been the focal point of that show for the past month, if yeah. not longer, 
of going for the championship. And then it's like, what do they do? Do they push forward and hope that this isn't, or do they sideline them until, I mean, uh, Enzo Amore, he got sidelined and fired fast as hell when his allegation came out. And I mean, granted his was a completely different kind of allegation and he was proven completely innocent and seemed like WWE was just happy to be rid of him. But it's just kind of a weird situation and kind of a shitty, be a shitty end to his career, especially when he's only 20 something. So I know the idea of just, and he worked really hard to, you know, get past some, some definitely some obstacles from, you know, where he started and tough enough and, you know, I just, I hope it ends up not being true or we can just kind of move past it. If it was not, if there's parts of the story that aren't true, then we need to move on from this and let this guy, you know, get, get, get over it. But if it's true, then he has a lot of answering to do. So that's all, you know, in other news, a person you should follow a new wrestler in NXT. I think he's popped up on NXT a couple times, but this guy's got nothing but upside and personality for days. His name is Eric Bugenhagen. And on Instagram, you can follow him as R-I-K-B-U-G-E-Z. This guy is insane. He reminds me of, like, the best parts of Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior put into one. And he is just loud and constantly working out and screaming. And I actually told Corey to follow him because he reminds me of the Super Shredder version of Mr. Fitness. That's the only (laughs) thing I can compare him to. (laughs) But if you want to laugh just follow this guy and just watch some of his his videos and you will you will see what i've seen this guy is if he's half as good if he's if he's any way decent as a wrestler he will be probably a superstar for the next 10 years yeah i'm just just even looking at some of these things right now you're just like yeah i could see this dude yeah he's ridiculous he like a lot of times he's playing heavy metal and screaming while he works out and singing the heavy metal songs while he's working out and He's just out of control. It's great. One of him crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him debuting, or I saw him, I remember he came out and made a big impression on people because he was air drumming everything, yeah. and playing yeah. all the parts, and just yeah. being crazy, and I can see that getting over. Oh, yeah. Crazy. It's definitely over on Instagram, let me tell you. Hey, good for him, man. That's that's how this world works nowadays. you got to get over get over on social media and you're over in the world you don't want to go on social media hard to do everything exactly but that's going to wrap us up because ed's got to go to bed i gotta go to bed so we're gonna you know call it but this was the only episode 66 there will ever be unfortunately Corey didn't join us but i'm gonna bother him about maybe doing some talking later i know he's also been laying some floors so i know he's been uh tired and doing all that work Laying down floors is not Making easy to do, floor. you know? Well, as your guy showed. Uh, right. I'm really glad I didn't do that this. job now. Yeah, right. I'm glad you didn't have to do it. Right. Corey's lucky he hasn't injured himself to that severity. Right. So he needed to be tourniqueted. Tourniqueted. But we're going to wrap this up. It's always a pleasure, Ed. When we get together. Hey, you guys. Like, follow, subscribe. And even write us a letter. Oh, yeah, we like letters. Yes, use postage. God knows the post office needs it. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Have a, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>